Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, we've got Eric Kirsch and Scott Pope joining us on the podcast. Um, Eric and Scott have been working, one would probably say tirelessly, over the course of the last couple years to, I don't want to say transform Charlotte's startup space, but at least to introduce a different component to it. Um, and that component is just the healthcare system, the healthcare um, space, not so much in the pharmaceuticals or things like that, but just um, a little bit more on the business side of healthcare. So um, they both run separate events. Um, they've recently um, pushed forward on a co-working and kind of an accelerator type program um, that they're launching later this year. Um, and I mean, as you'll hear, and as we've talked a little bit about too, it's just some of the guests that we've had, we've got a fair number of healthcare startups that have either been here. Um, we've got some large corporations, obviously in the healthcare space. Um, we've got some startups in the healthcare space that have already started and sold. Um, so we've got a talent pool here. Um, we've got the resources that are around us. And Scott and Eric are just trying to pull that together. I shouldn't even say trying anymore. Now pulling that together into one place so that the healthcare space in Charlotte can thrive and soar. So hopefully you enjoy learning a little bit more about the space, some of the players in it, um, what they're doing, how they're building it, et cetera, et cetera, um, and our podcast today. So uh, once again, I hope you enjoy listening to another edition of the Charlotte Angel Connection. So Scott, Eric, welcome to the podcast. It's um, we've had you both on independently, and we've um, we're now welcoming the two of you together. So welcome. Yeah, but it's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, William. Thanks for having us. So, um, and I don't know if it'll fly yet or not, um, but for our audience, we're trying to see whether or not we can do a video feed. So if it turns out that we've got a video feed, you'll be our first, um, our first video podcast as well. So, um, you know, um, congratulations to y'all. Yeah. Breaking new boundaries. I like it. Yeah. So anyway, so, um, we, you know, when we set this out, I think we set out this podcast originally to record in mid-March. Um, and it was my first canceled podcast as a result of COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Um, so we sit in um, an unknown place right now, a new normal, um, or gosh, only knows what it actually is. So, um but the goal was to talk about all the things that are developing in the healthcare space here in Charlotte, um, the healthcare startup space here in Charlotte, what the two of y'all are doing, um, and then what's kind of growing around that. So anyways, I think it was, was it, was it January or was it February that y'all made your first announcement of Mido Station? Um, uh, was that startup week that y'all made that announcement? Yes, that was actually January um, during uh, our healthcare portion of Startup Week. Okay, perfect. So um, Mito Station is out there. Um, I think there were a great crowd there. There are 80, 90 people out there that day. Um, what, um, but for the audience at large, 
what is Mito Station? So let's just kind of dive right into it. So first of all, I'll just kind of talk about the concept and let's dig through what it actually is and how it's going to work. Okay, sure. Um, William, this is Eric for the audience in case we're not doing the visual. Um, Mito Station is going to be Charlotte's um, first co-working space that is healthcare industry specific. And so the types of tenants that we are catering to are healthcare startups, uh, uh, marketing service providers in healthcare, and anybody else who has any real interest in the healthcare space. Um, Non-clinical, of course, you know, business-oriented type office space. So we're not talking about pharmaceutical companies? Well, I actually, I mean, we want all stakeholders in there as far as uh, from that want to be a part of the healthcare ecosystem and, and be engaged. So yeah, we'll have like pharmaceutical reps and pharmaceutical uh, companies as far as business and strategy, but we won't have, you know, a doctor's office, so yeah. to say. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Um, how did the concept come together and how's it being embraced by the healthcare community and the startup community at large? I mean, mm -hmm. just talk about, I mean, this is, um, this wasn't birthed overnight, right? This was a process that no. um, took a little while to come together. No, like many great startups, this came out of necessity, um, out of a personal need. I've had uh, so many healthcare startups that I've been involved with over the years. And um, one of the biggest challenges for healthcare uh, in particular is that, um, you know, if you want to get customers discovery or focus groups or sales or anything that involves getting in front of medical professionals or healthcare professionals, uh, administration, uh, it's very difficult. Healthcare tends to be very busy, very distracted. Uh, it's also very siloed. So um, the idea was, you know, there's value in, I think, all co-working spaces. I think there's a little more value when you're around peers in the same industry uh, who can support each other. And we wanted to have that additional value prop of, of bringing the medical community and the healthcare workers and the hospital administrators and all the other stakeholders in the same place physically that you would have a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs. Um, well, and the other, yeah, the, the other thing I would add, William, that, you know, when you first had me on, which I want to say it was uh, fall of uh, 2018. Yeah, 2018. It was shortly after we'd hosted the first uh, NC Health Innovators event, where the the ecosystem that had come together for that event identified there were the three main uh, needs that were unmet for Charlotte to really earn a reputation for innovating in, in the healthcare entrepreneur space. One was we didn't have a medical school, which you know we we see that that's going to perhaps resolve itself here with some of the the collaboration between Wake Forest and Atrium. The second was we didn't have this co-working office space, a central convening infrastructure. Um, and the third was, you know, needed better access to capital. So, you know, just a short while since you and I had, had first talked, I think we're, we're, you know, heading down a great path here in, in the evolution of this ecosystem in Charlotte. And, um, you know, very happy to be working with Eric and pushing some of the stuff forward. So how's the... Um you can throw together a co-working space, but if it's not embraced by, 
you know, it's like a fintech community that's not embraced by Bank of America or Wells Fargo in Charlotte doesn't get off the ground very well, right? So um, a healthcare facility or healthcare concept that's not being embraced by um, what's around Charlotte, I mean, namely Atrium, Novant, um, the rehab place, what's the rehab place called? Um, um, Ortho Carolina. Um, you know, if it's not embraced by that, you know, it's going to struggle as well. How, how's it coming along with those parties? So um, we'll explain how we created the relationship and that will, I will pass off to Scott, but um, you know, you're absolutely right, William. You got to have all the stakeholders and a lot of that includes what we call the medical or healthcare providers, which are both the business ends of, of clinic and the actual people in the trenches like the doctors, nurses, and other types of practitioners. Um, so our strategic re way of doing that was to find a way that everybody had some skin in the game. And so our idea was to create a non-for-profit um, incubator or you know, resource center and bring all them, all the different stakeholders in and say, you know, yes, you guys are competitors as far as hospital beds and procedures, but when it comes to innovation and driving talent to the city, you know, this is something that if we all collaborate on, will benefit everybody. And uh, so I'll pass out to Scott as far as how we achieve that. Yeah, thank you, Eric. So, uh, William, I think it's a, it's a great question and it's a very operative one if, you know, this entity exists and we're constantly butting heads uh, with the healthcare powers that be in this ecosystem, we're, we're not going to get very far. Um, we've had very good conversations and very productive conversations with all those organizations you mentioned, with Novant, with Atrium, with Ortho Carolina, um, as well as other uh, kind of what we consider giants in the healthcare space here in, in this ecosystem. Uh, you know, with COVID, some of our conversations have have slowed a little bit and been delayed, which yeah, I mean, of kind of the nat nature of the beast. But um, where we're the, the ultimate place that we're at with those those local stakeholders is, I've seen nothing in the way of pushback in terms of we disagree with what you're doing. Um, everybody supports what we're doing and, and what we're trying to do. It's just a matter of kind of getting some of the the specifics ironed out on what role we see them playing, uh, what type of commitment they need to have. And I think once we, you know, kind of cross those T's and dot those I's, we're going to be in a really good spot. It's part of the reason we've, we've chosen, been very careful to choose the physical space that we were looking to, to occupy um, is that we feel we have to be Switzerland. And, you know, much like the, the FinTech, you need Wells Fargo and Bank of America working. Uh, together to make that work for the community. And we, we feel strongly the, the same way here that, um, you know, if, if this is just a, a movement put together by one of the large health systems that be, the other one's going to have to stand up something to compete with that. And we really feel that we're, what we're doing here is, is designed for, for Charlotte, for the, the Carolinas and, and for this region, and that everybody needs to be able to participate and, and ultimately win. So kind of a two-part question here. Um, one, what does this look like in three to five years? Um, and then two, um, is there, is there another city and I'm sure there is out there that's got something similar that y'all kind of modeled after, um, or, um, or kind of benchmarking to, if you will. So, and take, take whichever one you want to first. Um, I just didn't want to forget it. So I had to put it on tape. <laughs> so. 
I'll, I'll answer the latter question because um, this is in my pitch deck, actually. Um, yeah. There, you know, I don't, I haven't seen anything that I would consider exactly like this. Okay. But I'll actually use two separate examples, and they're good proof of concept for for especially doing this and doing it in Charlotte. Um, one is healthcare. So uh, Matter out of Chicago is an accelerator incubator type of space in healthcare, and it's a collaboration between five hospital systems. Very successful, world-renowned companies from around the world go there to work with the healthcare systems. Um, so it has been done in healthcare, although you don't see it a whole lot. Um, and in Charlotte, we do have a collaboration, but it's in fintech, right? We have the QC Fintech Accelerator and all those other uh, companies associated with it. And you have multiple, multiple banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and plenty of others that have all basically agreed to collaborate. And by doing so, we attract talent from around the world for the for our fintech so i think in charlotte we've proven we can do that in other industries and we're big enough to do that and it's been proven that you can do this in healthcare in other cities yeah no i mean coordinate with five different hospitals in chicago nonetheless um seems like quite a feat for sure mm -hmm. so scott what does it look like in three to five years yeah, well, the other thing I'd add to Eric, I do think that some of the stuff they've done in Denver, too, with, with the Catalyst space is a uh, kind of a signal of, of where we're going to go with this in, in the next three to five years. But ultimately, some of the gaps that we're trying to solve with this, William, are, you know, really making sure that we're procuring the right resources for this ecosystem to be fertile ground. That's, you know, making sure we're, we're cultivating talent, capital, meeting space, et cetera. Um, the other piece is making sure we're getting access to the right education. So programming, continuing medical education events, um, virtual reality type of simulation centers uh, is some of the direction that we're going. And then ultimately just being the, the unifier for this ecosystem to create this continuity and connectivity so that we can all, you know, benefit from that rising tide raises all ships. When you, when you look at what, you know, the culmination of those, you know, the resources, access to education, and the unification of the ecosystem, what those culminate in in three to five years. I think, you know, uh, what we would have said in, in January was it's going to end up being a, a much larger physical space, you know, that is a, you know, five to seven story freestanding building that has, you know, maybe even mixed use on the ground floor, you know, large conference area space, and then, you know, tenants that have kind of graduated up from a from an accelerator to an incubator to well-established anchor tenants on the, on the top floor. Um, I think what, what some of that physical space aspects of this looks like is, is honestly a bit fluid right now. And when people feel comfortable getting back into, you know, those, those co-working type of dynamics and, and close quarters is, uh, I think a, a little bit of that remains to be seen, but, you know, from a more philosophical perspective, three to five years from now, this is, much more of a harmonious ecosystem where you know where to go to identify resources. You know where to go to identify the local events that are going on uh, in the healthcare entrepreneurship space. You quickly know where to go to find new talent. And when you're raising capital, you know where to go to, to identify the right people. So really being that unifier that's, that's created more fertile ground is, um, again, it sounds a little bit like a broken record, but that's, that's where this is going to be in three to five years. Yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. I mean, one of the things that I know everybody's trying to figure out is what office space looks like as a result of this. And, um, I mean, the cool thing about, 
a space like with what y'all are building is you're building more of a collaboration space, which is harder to, I'm not saying it's impossible to replicate in an online environment, but it's a whole heck of a lot harder. So a collaboration space where people are bouncing into, well, hopefully not bouncing into each other as long as we're supposed to be standing six feet apart, but as there's, you know, bouncing those ideas off of each other um, as they both, as, as founders fumble through a similar space, I think is, is a little bit more protected than the general real estate space out there. Um, you know, uh, office tower downtown, so to speak. Yeah. I think that a lot of this is about building relationships and, um, some relationship building, you know, has to be face to face, eye to eye, um, to build trust with people. Yeah. So no, I agree hundred percent. So what's the target date for opening up Mido station? Hmm. Moving target date. Uh, <laughs> Everything's a moving target uh, yes. date, especially with COVID-19, right, yep. Eric? Yeah, we were actually originally supposed to open the spring. Um, for build, As far as build-out purposes, it got pushed back a little bit. Um, without getting into all the minutia, I will say uh, we, we, our, our last target date was January 2021. We've actually had companies reach out to us and say, we would like to get started earlier. We understand that it may not be at 100%. So we are working uh, for an opening date this fall. Um, so I hope September 1st or October 1st. So talk about that. I mean, um, where are you looking to recruit companies from? I mean, obviously, one of the things we're going to dive into here in a few minutes is um, some of the healthcare startups that are um, that are right here in Charlotte. That you know, some people certainly know about a number of them. I mean, Digitize was sold last year, I think, um, and some other you know more popular or more well-known companies too. But where are you recruiting companies out of? Um, well, I, so I run, you know, the, the local chapter of Society of Physician Entrepreneurs. So I do a lot of events um, and Scott does a lot of events. I'll let him talk about that. Uh, uh, you know, so we do plenty of networking, consulting with other companies. We've had great partners like NC Biotech, you know, letting companies know about us and so forth. And so we've gradually, you know, this was not something we decided overnight. We've been working on for years and uh, the ecosystem knows we're doing it. And uh, we've gradually built up a list. You know, I have a list of over 70 something different companies that want to come in at some capacity. Uh, now that we have some news to share with them, we've been setting up meetings. So for the next few weeks, I'll be pretty busy. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't expect, I found a new company today that I didn't know and they didn't know me. So um, despite what you hear, I don't know everybody. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, over, I think we'll just keep getting traction and we'll basically, the idea is that we have a physical space that's a central point where, where again, uh, people know about us, but it's also a place where they can then learn about, you know, the administrative levels of the hospitals or all the doctors out there who are actually interested in getting involved in this stuff and, and vice versa. So Eric, talk a little bit about the Society of um, Physician Entrepreneurs, um, and then Scott, we'll circle back over to you and talk some about um, what you're doing as well. Um, I mean, I think of physician entrepreneurs, I think somebody just opened up a practice down the street, but that's not necessarily what you're talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, we're looking for, um, we're trying to spur innovation um, and create more of an entrepreneurial, even entrepreneurial thinking among healthcare professionals for the sake of improving healthcare globally. You know, we, we think that the people in the trenches should be thinking about design 
thinking about processes and product improvements because um, they are really going to have you know the best domain expertise and so we just create event-based you know convening structures to facilitate that and and i run just the charlotte chapter it's a global organization they have chapters all over the world um, but but yeah i mean we our, our events are open to anybody whether they're entrepreneurs uh, healthcare professionals, administrators, service providers. We think, you know, change should happen both from the outside in as well as the inside out. So that's, uh, that's Society of Physician Entrepreneurs or SOAP, S-O-P-E. So as that starts, um, as you get Mido Station up and running, then events for SOAP will shift over and start to be held um, at, at, at Mido Station, right? Man, one of the pain points uh, is managing these events, you know, is organizing the venue and stuff. So we have a, a space that we can say it's every other, um, you know, Wednesday at this time. And, and there's a calendar on the, on the wall and a calendar on a website. It would make it so much easier for me because, you know, it, it is a volunteer position. And I get a lot of the same from other associations and other entrepreneurial groups. You know, we're, we are not only hosting entrepreneurial activities, uh, but also like medical society meetings and as Scott mentioned, you know, continuing medical education courses and so forth. So um, I feel like I'm talking enough though. I'll turn it over to Scott for his organization. <laughs> Scott, talk about um, what you do on your event side as well. Yeah, absolutely. So since 2018, I've been running the NC Health Innovators. Uh, that is the, uh, the second chapter out of the Health Innovators out of Florida. And we have uh, about 350 uh, participants in our online community that are here in the, in the greater Charlotte area and consider themselves part of that healthcare entrepreneurship ecosystem. So, you know, it's, uh, we're actually hosting an event, uh, a Zoom-based event on June 2nd between 5.30 and 7 p.m. that is, you know, focused on kind of reuniting the healthcare entrepreneur ecosystem. And it took me all of 20 minutes today to have seven different companies raise their hands and say, hey, I'd love to share my story. And I'm aware of uh, two companies that have launched since COVID hit, um, since you know, end of February, beginning of March timeframe, that are healthcare entrepreneurship-based companies here in the Charlotte area. So you know, even if you um, were aware of what the ecosystem looked like back in January, I think it's continuing to evolve even in the, in the face of an otherwise complete, you know, global catastrophe. Yeah. So kind of, um, we'll start to kind of hybrid talking about Mito station as well as just the ecosystem at, at, at large. And then we'll just go into a conversation about the ecosystem. What, um, why is Charlotte having success in the healthcare startup space? Um, you know, to a, to a novice out there, it, it doesn't really seem to make any sense. Um, but it is right. And we've had, um, oh, what's the name of the company down in Ballantyne that went public a couple of years ago. And then we had digitized with their acquisition and we've got other companies that are moving along at, at rapid clips. Why, why Charlotte? Yeah, I think it's a good question, William. And, you know, premier went public a number of years ago. Premier, their thanks. IPA yeah. is probably, probably who you're referencing. I spent, uh, almost 10 years of my career uh, down there working with the, with the great folks at, at Premier. Um, and you know, there, there's a number of really good, you don't really think of Charlotte being a, a healthcare town, but you've, you know, Premier is absolutely a healthcare success story here. 
you have uh, a company called HealthStat that is, uh, you know, works in on-site wellness clinics for self-insured employers. Um, and, you know, they got 200 and some clients in 30 some states. They were started here 20 plus years ago and have, have never left and continue to do great things from here. You've got Imagine Software um, that does revenue cycle management for about 60% of the radiology practices across the entire country, headquartered here in Charlotte. Um, and, you know, you kind of blend those those you know earlier stage healthcare startup companies that have done exceptionally well with some of these you know smaller entrepreneurs that are still budding up and comers, and it just it creates a great atmosphere, a great environment to be able to source remarkable talent. You know, one of the you you know better than anybody. I wear a lot of different hats, and one of those is uh, I'm the CEO of a, a startup company here in Charlotte, a healthcare tech-based company called Roamed. And we've been very successful at sourcing talent through this local ecosystem to help contribute to our company as we continue to grow. And some of that's a function of, you know, coming people coming from Navant, coming from Premier like I did. And it's just, you know, Charlotte's a great place to live. It's a great place to work. It's a great place to, to raise a family. And uh, it's one of the reasons I think Eric and I are super excited to, to be in the position we are to make this even more fertile ground for healthcare entrepreneurship, because there's such a great pool of, uh, of people with you know really deep expertise and backgrounds in healthcare that have a lot to to contribute to this ecosystem, and we prefer they get to do that when they stay here, as opposed to you know fleeing to one of the bookends of this country. Yeah, no, agree. Um, Scott, you mentioned earlier, and um, Eric tackled if you want, or we can stay with Scott if you want to as well. But you mentioned earlier the the three components that were mentioned a couple of years ago, which was you know having a medical community or a medical um, university here, um, startup space, and then capital. Um, is this thing successful? Is Mido Station and is the Charlotte healthcare scene is it successful with if a uni- if the university doesn't end up coming here? I mean, can we create success without it? Um, or um, or not, or or does it does the university ultimately just pure pour you know gas on the fire, so to speak? Yeah, I'm happy to to take that one out of the gate. So I, I've got a pretty strong uh, opinion about this. Whenever the announcement was made that the medical school was coming, the the energy in in the town was palpable. You, you could feel that the, the wind had shifted from being a bit in your face to completely at your back, that it, it brought a really positive vibe and energy. Um, I don't know where the, where that stands right now um, in terms of a, a status. I've not seen any recent updates, but if, if there were something to go sideways with that, I don't think it, it maybe is a little bit of a, a, a nick in our armor, but I don't think it's going to stop us from doing what we're doing. Academics around healthcare are very robust here in the region. You've got UNC Charlotte that has a strong biomedical engineering program that does a lot of primary research uh, and, and is, is, is remarkable. You've got Queens with their nursing and nurse practitioner program. You've got Wingate um, that has a, a health sciences college, includes a, a college of pharmacy um, and, and more there. So you know, there's plenty of academics that are in the healthcare space to contribute new graduates into this. Um, and so, so that, that, that's kind of my opinion. I think it maybe slows us down a bit if the medical school doesn't come, but it's not a, a nail in the coffin by any means. 
But if it's not, if it's not the combination of Wake, Wake Forest and Atrium, I mean, I saw today in the news that we just uh, passed San Francisco as the 15th largest city in the country, and part of that's exciting and part of it's depressing. Um, but, um, you know, if, um, if it's not Atrium and Wake Forest, it's somebody in the next five to ten years, isn't it? I mean, it's too big of a city not to have a medical school. Or am I, am I wrong? Eric, don't we need I, a medical now, school here? Yeah, I, I think it, it's it, it's it's going to come eventually. And yeah, Charlotte is is next in line. If, if anybody is, we're the largest city in the United States without a medical school, and we certainly have, you know, big hospitals here who can achieve that. So um, yep, yeah, and um, you know, to follow up on on your last question, uh, there's there's I don't think there's any playbook for ecosystem building right every city is unique is different i think um either having a medical school not having it depending on who's on it will simply steer what and how we build healthcare innovation in this area um you know is there going to be more or less r d are there going to be students and teaching um you know but we have plenty of other things that add to our character and you know right now we're playing on those strengths so yeah adding a medical school will will definitely help the overall, uh, but it, it will also, it, it may ch- shift like the sub industries within healthcare that we, you know, lean towards. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, what, I mean, so another great question, Eric, what are, our, what are the strengths of the ecosystem right now? Um, I would say first, just Charlotte in general, um, logistics is, is, is a clear one. Uh, and again, we have a lot of um, financial industry. So, and, and there is a huge crossover with a lot of health technology and financial technology. Um, we have a lot of corporations. So anything, you know, looking for corporate customers or partners would work well. Yeah. And uh, another strength is just, uh, we have a, a huge demand of people wanting to move here in growth, you know? So we have a lot of talent coming here. Some of that is tech. We have a lot of international, um, you know, talent coming here. Um, and I, I'll let Scott answer a little bit of this question. Scott, is there anything else that you'd like to add to, to our strengths? Yeah, well, I think when, you know, if COVID shine, shine a light on anything, it's the next revolution that's coming in, in healthcare is going to be around healthcare consumerism. Right. So you look at primary care. This, this is not a time where you want to be patient number 3000 on your primary care physicians list. Right. If they're managing that many patients, you're, you don't want to be that deep down the list. It's like being that on your banker's um, Rolodex when you're trying to apply for PPP. Right. Yeah. You're, you find out how quickly you don't have a relationship with anybody. That's exactly right. And so you, you want those relationships. And I think as consumers, we're, we're going to get it. I think we're in the middle of getting a very healthy dose of if your physician can't pick you up out of, pick you out of a lineup, um, you don't really have a relationship with, with, with that individual. Um, and as much as you can do a televisit, you know, televisits aren't going to work the same way that, that Uber does. And I, I'm comfortable getting in anybody's car as long as, you know, it, it's kind of clean. Um, I don't want to just log into a telehealth platform and get any physician or provider who's willing to write me a prescription for you know, whatever it is that's particularly ailing me at the moment. I, I want somebody who knows me, knows my 
you know, my, my complete history. And uh, so I think with that, with that notion of consumerism, and, and you look at the, the things that we've accepted as consumers of healthcare in, the, in this industry, and, and the standards are, are beyond subpar for everything else that we've done uh, in every other aspect of, and facet of our lives. And you take what the, what the banking industry has done to change the, the interaction from consumerism perspective, you know, and, and go back just, you know, even, you know, 20 years ago and the, the things that you could do at, a, at an ATM, you know, you could kind of get out money and that was about it. And a lot of things, you, you had to go to one that was actually affiliated with your bank for the longest time. Um, you know, I'm from Ohio where we used to have Mac cards. If anybody remembers the, uh, the money access card is what they used to be called. So you had to go to a Mac machine to get access to your money. Yeah, and now fast forward, you're able to deposit checks and, you know, a whole host of additional things you can do from ATM that I think knowing that that's part of Charlotte's DNA around looking at what consumers really need from a particular industry. And there's so much that banking has gotten right from, you know, transfer of, of financial information that will go around the globe with your credit card. And yet our healthcare information you know, doesn't even go across the street uh, in, in many scenarios. I think there's a lot that can be learned in the healthcare space from the banking industry. And I think that's a huge feather in our cap that we've got that DNA here in this town that we can capitalize on. Yeah, I, Sky, I would, I would definitely agree with you. And I think the consumerism aspect, the, the other, I think part of that is Charlotte is so attractive as a city. It's growing extremely fast that it makes a very competitive environment. And we don't have, even our incumbents have to, constantly compete right so so that raises the bar and the quality level of anything and everything healthcare i mean we constantly have new national companies coming in here whether it's a chain of primary care or you know somebody who works with self-funded employers and you know so it's not just no one's comfortable and everybody's working really hard in, in the, the healthcare sector in in the charlotte region so um, no, I mean, I, um, I'd agree the the DNA of and the similarities between finance and um, and healthcare is really similar. I mean, gosh knows even down to compliance features, right? I mean, um, HIPAA regulation, and then gosh knows the levels of compliance the finance industry has to go through. Um, so knowledge of navigating that world um, is is quite similar as well. So I do think our you know, for once, I think our banking background um, helps us in, in the kind of startup in a different startup space than just banking. Yeah, when you, you saw some of that in out exchanges announcement late last year, that they're going to enter into the healthcare space, right? And they, they had put that off for, for a very long time. And one of the biggest things that they, they cited for you know, slowing that entry into that market was understanding HIPAA regulations. But aside from that, there's no other reason for them to have not been in that vertical. And of course, they you know, have made a commitment now to, to cracking that and, and entering that space. So, you know, they're entering Red Ventures made a, an acquisition of a healthcare company uh, late last year that, you know, signals them getting into this space as well. So there's just, there's just so many really good signals here in this ecosystem that we're, we're heading in the right direction and people uh, really care about making healthcare better. 
Um, I didn't realize Red Ventures had made an acquisition in that space. So um, kind of spend that for a few minutes and just talk about the existing ecosystem and where the ecosystem goes from here. I mean, Scott, you mentioned Premier earlier when I fumbled through and couldn't remember his name. Having, <laughs> um, you're here to help, right? So, yeah, I appreciate it. So, um, having a premiere, having, you know, I guess, gosh knows the Red Ventures, if it's going to make a move into the space, um, and some other, you know, um, was it health stat? Is that what you mentioned earlier as well? Um, Mm -hmm. are they, um, is Premier and HealthStat and some of these other medium-sized, I guess Premier is a large company, HealthStat's a medium-sized company, are they um, are they stable enough to start a period of acquisition as some of these healthcare startups here in Charlotte start to move in a direction that might be attractive to each one of them? Um, in other words, are they in acquisition mode? Is it, because I mean, that's what we need, right? We need, um, we need, we need acquisitions um, and local acquisitions are great because it keeps the talent and the stuff here. Sure. So, I mean, Premier's a, a publicly traded company and a, a you know, billion plus top line and has been in acquisition mode for, you know, since their, since their IPO um, several, several years ago now. Uh, and they've, they've made a number of, of different acquisitions. Sorry, question. No, I was going to say it's been they've been, they've been public since sometime after I got here, so which was 2011, which is hard to believe. It's almost been 10 years. Yeah, I was going to say it, it doesn't seem possible, but I think it was in 2013 when they had their IPO. Sounds about um, right. Yeah. So you know, almost coming up on seven seven years ago now. Uh, gosh, it makes me feel really old, William. Thanks so much, Rod. You're you're a real pal. Um, That's okay. Your hairline but, looks a lot better than mine does. So I mean, at least you got that going for you, you know. Yeah, coming in good. That's um, the great thing about but, these video calls. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, so from, I mean, Premier's made a number of different acquisitions. I had the privilege of being involved in some of the due diligence teams with them. And, you know, they've continued to consistently make acquisitions throughout the course. Uh, Hellstat had made an acquisition and kind of a merger of a, of a competitor a number of years ago. I don't know what their, their current strategy is. I've not seen them make any other uh, recent acquisitions. But, um, you know, I think... As you start to get some of our, our other giants that are involved in this in this vertical, you're going to start to see more of that. You know, uh, you know the company that Red Ventures acquired was really kind of a competitor to WebMD, and knowing that it, it, it's back to that consumerism. You know, what we used to do is, is help your consumers when we had something that was ailing us, we would throw up our hands and just walk into a you know into a doctor's office and say, I have no idea what's going on with me, please help. Right. And I, I say it's the, the equivalent of going on to the, you know, a, a lot to buy a, an automobile and you look at you know, this car salesman and I'd say, I have no idea what a car is. I have no idea what my budget is. And by the way, it's not even my money. It's insurance money. Um, do you have something you can sell me? Right. And you can see the car salesman starting to salivate because I'm going to put you in that hundred thousand dollar Range Rover over there because you don't know what a car is. Yeah. Right. And, and now that the consumerism is, is starting to, to take over and we get better access to information around, you know, the right places to have a surgery, what the different price points are for, uh, for a bundled procedure, for a knee replacement, what the, you know, the prices are for an MRI or an x-ray. And we get better visibility into that. It, it just, it creates a 
better dynamic and the you know the, the consumer being more involved is is driving a lot of that at the end of the day. And uh, Eric, is there anything you want to add on to the you know, better visibility to some of the the pricing yeah. from a consumer perspective? Well, you know, pulling it back into uh, like Mito Station and some of our objectives overall with ecosystem building. I think what's really interesting is a lot of this, this stuff driving what you're talking about with consumerism is, is outside in. You know, you're not seeing the traditional medical practices or hospitals or facilities driving that because they're very comfortable. You see people from the outside who are non-healthcare oriented who are, you know, again, looking at this like, why is this not in a free market type of uh, atmosphere? And they're the ones kind of pushing that. Uh, at some point, there's going to have to be a, some bridges made, you know, and we would love to help, you know, create, uh, facilitate those, um, that, that bridge building. And that's the point of what we're doing. But, but yeah, I think consumerism is coming and it's coming from other industries and other people from the outside as, as, as much as anything. And when, the other thing I'd add on to that, because I'd be, we'd be remiss to not mention it in, in the conversation because it's absolutely been dramatic necessarily kind of along the lines of what we were talking but it's worthy of a conversation around acquisitions so i actually worked at atrium health it was what brought me to charlotte to begin with back in 2004 uh, and i was there from uh for almost three years with them as their infectious disease clinical specialist when i left them in 2007 they were uh, i want to say eight or nine hospital system and fast forward now to 2020 and I think there are over 50 hospitals that are part of, affiliated with the Atrium Health System. Yeah. So they've acquired a number of smaller hospitals um, and health systems over the last several years that has uh, really created a great footprint here in, in Charlotte. So that's, you talk about acquisitions, you can't, you can't leave out what Atrium's done over the last decade or so. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, um, and as they try to vertically, vertically integrate the acquisition path for them is probably quite wide, um, I would imagine. So um, what's, the, what's the ecosystem like these days? I mean, um, let me rephrase that. Pre-February, what was the ecosystem, the healthcare startup <laughs> ecosystem like, right? I mean, right now is such a tough question to answer because, um, I mean, every ecosystem seems like it's kind of on life support. Um, hopefully it'll, you know, I, I, I have yeah. no doubt it'll come back online within the next, um, next six to eight weeks. I think you have to look about three years ago first and say, where was it then? It, it oh, was not it was non-existent. <laughs> yeah. I remember I threw an event in, uh, for soap. It was our first inaugural event. And before that there was nothing, nothing healthcare specific. And then probably Two months later, <laughs> Scott had his first event, <laughs> and now there's just a ton of them. We're starting to almost step on each other's toes as far as what dates to, you know, schedule our stuff. And that, and again, well, yeah, maybe a little bit of a slowdown, but that interest is there, and, and the energy is 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 really pent up with all that's going on. But um, it, Eric, you mentioned earlier, seventy companies. Are they all local companies, or is that a combination of a local triangle? Um, and then just folks that are looking to have a little bit of exposure, Charlotte, that aren't currently here. No, they're they're all local, and they're not all startups. And again, there's plenty of other yeah, startups. Of that I, you know, yeah. But these are ones who um, are just interested. In, this list in particular was companies that have expressed interest in moving in or having some type of membership to this space. 
And I'd say it's, you know, 70, 80% startups, maybe 10, 15% pharmaceutical people and so forth who want to be in that space. Um, you know, the venture capital groups and, um, and lastly, service providers in the healthcare industry that, you know, want to be affiliated with this. So. I mean, that's an amazing number of companies for us for an aspect of the startup system that doesn't get as much publicity as the fintech program down the street at Packer Place, right? Uh, no, not at all. But you know, I, I we've all I've attended you know the pitch breakfast events for for many years, and every once in a while now you see a healthcare company in there, not just financial technologies or a consumer product or something like that. So um, it's starting to penetrate you know, uh, healthcare in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, Eric, um, and I know I might lose you in a few minutes cause you're bumping up against the time and I was late in getting started. So I apologize that, um, on, on soap with the physician, um, society of physician entrepreneurs, um, are you, um, are physicians starting to come in there to poke around a little bit on, Hey, I've got this frustration in my practice and I don't really know how to, how to move it along. Is that mm-hmm. starting to happen yet? Where, you know, um, you know, a billing issue or a table doesn't work the right, I don't know what would need to happen in the medical space, but just yeah. out of curiosity. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of closet entrepreneurs in, in the healthcare professional and, and medical professional industry. And a lot of them, you know, have just, and this is why something like this is so valuable because a lot of them will never come out of the closet unless they see other people doing it and other people having success doing it. So it's really important that we get, you know, and we have early adopters who are ready to go with this, who want to be medical advisors, who want to develop their own ideas and so forth. Um, And the early adopters come right in, but then there's always these ones that kind of ride, are just kind of, you know, it, like I said, they're kind of in the closet. They're not, we don't, they don't bring their ideas out and they don't know this stuff exists and they may show up to our space just because they're coming to their medical society meeting or maybe a continuing medical education course, which they need to do anyways. And the idea is that they now see, Oh, look at, there's a directory of stuff and events going on. And I'm just going to check this out. And then we start to get the middle adopters and, you know, some of their interest and, in, and in build off of that. That's one thing you get with a medical school, but I don't think you actually have to have that. You know, you don't have to have professors and faculty to generate interest in this kind of in the research and products and so forth. And so that's, folks, that's really what this is about. So. Yeah, so folks will come to Mito Station for um, something completely unrelated, and then all of a sudden it jogs their mind that, hey, I had this idea five or six years ago, and I still don't see anything like this out in the marketplace. And what the the education that's going on at Mito station can help me incubate my idea to see whether or not it's a viable thing to, to take to a, a beta or take to market. Yeah. And not only that, but you know, there's plenty of people working the hospital systems don't even realize their hospital system has an innovation department <laughs> and perhaps we can get them to come out and say, Hey, this idea, let's see if we can develop it. Uh, yeah. You know, and then again, we also have, there are plenty of startups looking for advisors, mentors, um, influencers, investors, and we can find those, you know, in the healthcare and medical community. Um, but we, right now, most of those people in the, in that community aren't looking for these types of positions. Yeah. 
So Eric, if I lose you now that we're at four o'clock, um, thanks for, thanks for joining in sticking around as long as you want. And I'll keep, I'll keep throwing questions your way. Um, but, um, Scott talk, talk, what's the most surprising thing, um, about the healthcare ecosystem at the moment? Is it, um, besides the fact that it's alive and well after where it was a couple of years ago? Yeah, um, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily the most surprising. I because I, I'd kind of seen the writing on the wall with it. You know, that the the DNA was here. Um, I, I think the some of the biggest gaps that we have to to bridge as it relates to some of the stuff Eric was just talking about there is, you know, from a physician's perspective, from a, a pharmacist's perspective, a nurse perspective, a, a PA nurse practitioner, somebody's working in healthcare. One of the biggest things that we focus on when we're taking care of patients is, do you know, the last thing we want to do is fail, and you know, failure is the the worst possible thing you can do. When you start to look at an entrepreneur's mindset, failure is just kind of the name of the game, and you want to make sure that you fail. You fail often, but you fail quick, yeah. right? And, and you know, you know, walking into it that you're you're going to fail. You're going to have to pivot. You're going to, have to do something new, tweak this, tweak that, and go, and you know, being able to bridge that gap between a physician or healthcare provider who's got a, a great idea, a problem they, they think needs to be solved and they know how to, to solve it, marrying that with the entrepreneurial mindset and running into somebody who, you know, isn't afraid to fail and can see the, the merit and an idea that somebody brings to bear. And now I've got somebody with credentials behind me who can help me kind of vet this idea and run, you know, being able to create that connectivity and bridging that gap, I think can, can be one of the most exciting things that Mito Station is able to do here as we, we turn this corner is, is being able to be the, the melting pot for those different cultures and mentalities to, to create great stuff. Yeah. It makes a ton of sense. Um, quick change of gears and we'll circle back around to it. Um, I just want to make sure we touch base on this one question. Um, digitized AI sold last summer, right? Um, yeah. I know about it just because I'm kind of in the weeds a little bit more than I probably should be. Does the healthcare community, um, does the healthcare community know that digitized AI was a startup in Charlotte focused on the billing space and had a nice exit after, gosh knows, they'd only been around for two and a half or three years, right? Yeah, uh, Justin Adams is the CEO of Digitize and is uh, still involved with them. Um, and they were one of the four companies that I promoted my my June event back in 2018, uh, trying to get them some local recognition. Justin was one of the first people that, as I was describing what I was trying to do with NCL Innovators around, you know, creating this this fertile ground for entrepreneurship in, in healthcare in Charlotte. I had three words out of my mouth, and he said, "I'm in." I think I haven't even told you what we're trying to do yet. Like he has, I get it. And he totally gets it. Um, and there, there's very few people who were out in front of that mentality, but he was one of them. Um, so, you know, we, we promoted them in June. Um, we um, have continued to talk about them. I mentioned them in our January events, which was actually Martin Luther King day back to so January 20th of this year. And, uh, you know, mentioned that they, they had been acquired at that point. Um, I do think one of the things that Mito Station and what we're doing with the nonprofit arm of, of that uh, company called Launch Tower Health 
our role is to make sure that we're beating that drum and that we're raising that flag and making sure that people are aware of those, those, you know, larger companies and big deals that if they were FinTech, they'd be splashed all over the, you know, every newspaper and news station in, in the city. Um, and because they're healthcare, they're kind of, you know, not necessarily that well known right now. Um, one of the events that I did with NC Health Innovators last year was hosted at Premier and we had HealthStat and Imagine Software uh, and Atrium that were there. But it was, you know, it was about making sure that people were aware that HealthStat's a healthcare on our startup story success here in Charlotte. Imagine Software started here in Charlotte. Um, what you know, was with that? Charlotte Radiology. Imagine Software uh, started here in Charlotte with a, a, you know, a project with Charlotte Radiology and has, has now grown into a very robust a well-respected large corporation here in, in Charlotte. People don't know that those are stories, and most people don't even know that uh, uh, Imagine Software even exists or knows what it is, but so many people will recognize that whenever you're driving south on 77, right by Arrowwood Road, there's that office building off to your right that has a fountain out in front by the parking lot, and everybody knows has seen that fountain, and you have no idea what it Imagine That's Imagine Software's office. Yes. Um, that's where they're at, right? So you know that they're here. You just didn't know that they were here. Are <laughs> um, um, do they know about what y'all are doing with Mida Station? Uh, absolutely, they do. Um, and will be have been good supporters of of the the movement uh, thus far. So fantastic! I mean, it's, you know, it's cool thing to have folks that have, you know, kind of paved their path, you know, reach back in and support the community as it continues to, um, to, to grow up. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with Dalton Shaw, or I guess at this point in time, it's probably been a couple of months ago, Dalton Shaw, um, you know, yeah. somebody not from Charlotte moved to Charlotte. Now it's not quite that he moved to Charlotte for the healthcare startup scene. He moved to Charlotte cause his wife was a um, resident and she moved to Charlotte. So, um, but it's still, I mean, yeah, I you know, about a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll take it right. We'll take entrepreneurs moving to Charlotte for whatever reason we can get, but yeah, we're we're thrilled to have Dalton as part of this ecosystem. He's a uh, he's a rock star. And totally support what what they're doing in the in the transplant space. It's um, uh, very revolutionary. And that's the goal with with Mito Station is to you know put that beacon up there on the Charlotte you know um, skyline so that people know that you know, I've got a healthcare startup. A potential place for me to land is is Charlotte because there's collaboration, there's support. Um, there's mentoring and there's other things very specific to what it is. And I'm trying to get off the ground. Um, what does in kind of the same vein as what we were talking about earlier? Um, what do you think the Charlotte healthcare startup scene looks like over the course of the next couple of years? Um, do you think it starts to get the same, recognition that Dan's been able to get with, um, with QC FinTech. Um, do you think we can, uh, we, I say that like I'm helping you and Eric out. Um, do you think, <laughs> do you, you think I just even getting the visibility it helps. Uh, really yeah. thank you for that. So do you, I mean, can you get there? Um, can you get to that? What's great. And, and can you do it on a shorter runway mainly because he's kind of already taken some of that, um, those early steps off your plate 
and it's not like the word startup is foreign to people anymore. They've at least seen it in the, in the FinTech space. Sure. And Eric, I don't know if you want to jump in here, but the, you know, it's, it's worth mentioning that, that both what they're doing at QC FinTech, they're actually also now launching a QC Health Tech arm. And in fact, some of the incubator, some of the accelerator that they're doing with IBM has health tech companies in it. So we've been working with, with Dan Roselli and, and Nat Clarkson, um, uh, Ashley Everett and all the folks over there to make sure that we're uniting and, and linking efforts. They're actually going to host, uh, as part of their Venture 135 this, this coming November, there's an element of that that's just going to be focused on health tech uh, for that summer. And so I think they see visibility into what they've done in the fintech space and know that, you know, Charlotte isn't just, you know, going to continue to only be a, a fintech center. That health tech has you know, very good, not to reuse it, but DNA and roots here, and it just needs to be supported. So, you know, we're excited to get to work with them and their their legacy of what they've been able to do with, with fintech here in Charlotte is, is remarkable. And it's a, you know, a, a global beacon in no small part due to what they've done. And so we're, we're working very closely with them to replicate a lot of that in the, in the health tech space. So Eric, we're, um, we're coming up on the last little bit. Um, believe it or not, it's already been um, nearly an hour. Um, and I've had both of you on the podcast before. Maybe you'll both remember from the past. You know, one of the things that I like to ask is, um, what didn't we talk about today that you just wanted to have a, a platform to be able to say out loud? Um, and if I'm an excellent um, interviewer and I asked all the good questions, feel free to go ahead and say so. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But I do want to say something just about you know healthcare innovation in general. Um, some of the challenge of, of innovating um, in this industry is is there is a lot of status quo. There's a lot of things that haven't really changed. You know, especially as far as like healthcare delivery and, and the way medical education is done. Um, and some of that has to fall not just on the healthcare and medical community, but also on just the public in general, right? There are so many innovations and products out there and we need kind of the, the if we're going to have consumerism, we need the consumers to also come to the table and demand it as well. And I, no, it doesn't matter what you're talking about in health, that is going to be the case. No, I mean, you know, we're still 60 or two thirds of, well, I guess we still are. We might be more than that now economy is two-thirds driven by the consumer, right? So um, if you've got a two-thirds driven economy by the consumer in order to affect change, you've got to have the consumer as part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the only thing I, I, I would maybe add two things, William, I would, you know, as it comes back to consumerism, I would just challenge the, the, the healthcare consumers who are listening in here to, to challenge the standards that you've been willing to accept in healthcare. And when you see something that feels kind of strange, then you know, don't just accept it for, oh, it's just healthcare, it's just the way that it is. You know, push back on that. Find, find a way to help be part of the solution because you know, healthcare is a vertical that we shouldn't be accepting substandard, you know, subpar standards anywhere. Um, so that, that's one. The other thing that I was hoping that you were going to ask me about that um, you didn't is, oh man, you know, I, was about to, I was about to finish with that, you <laughs> jerk. <laughs> well, I'll let you finish then. 
Oh no, <laughs> go ahead. You do your quote and then I'll finish off my request. So the other thing that you didn't ask me about that I you know, wanted to kind of get out there is uh, way back when humans were allowed to get together in, in microbreweries, you and I had a nice outing at, at triple C um, and they got a shuffleboard table there and you and I played shuffleboard for uh, an hour or two. And I, I think if I recall correctly, you lost every single game that we played. And so I just had to uh, you know, kind of bring, bring this in for our viewers and, and make sure everybody knows about that aspect of our relationship. I don't know if we should out loud say that we were there playing shuffleboard for two hours at triple C given the alcohol <laughs> content of some of their beers. But anyways, I, I, I do think we played a game or two and I do not believe that I won, which was my question. You know I mean? You're, you're putting together this excellent healthcare um, tech startup scene. Um, and so, I, you know, I've got to ask, I need revenge and obviously I'll need some practice beforehand. Is there going to be the potential to have a shuffleboard at Mido Station in the future so that I can seek my revenge. Yeah, I think we can we can certainly look into that. And uh certainly when Triple C opens back up, we should we should have a couple warm up sessions uh yeah. while we're waiting. We'll do a we'll do a live broadcast from from Triple C and um Eric, if you're a good shuffle board player, maybe you can hop on my team and help me put Scott back where he belongs. <laughs> You might want me on his team then. Okay. <laughs> oh, I like this. This is shaping up well. We'll do um, podcast host versus podcast guests. So anyways, well, you know, it goes without saying, I mean, Eric, you mentioned it earlier, you know, when I asked, you know, what's the coolest thing about the healthcare tech scene. Um, and uh, this happened over the course of the last couple of years. And, and your comment was basically it's happened over the last couple of years. And um, you know, it, it doesn't happen without, you know, a big community and a community doesn't get started without people starting it. So that scene's up off the ground because of y'all. Y'all have done amazing work. Um, I think you're exactly right that Mido Station is, is a necessary component to continue to nurture that along. And I couldn't be happier for y'all as it continues to, to move forward. And, um, you know, gosh knows, best of luck continuing to build it. And we look forward to seeing it when it's up off the ground and seeing what it looks like in five years. So um, so thanks for both of you for all you do for the startup team here in Charlotte. All right. Thank you, Lane. Likewise, Lane. Thank you so much for, for hosting these and making sure that everybody's aware of what we're doing. It's uh, always a privilege to be on with you. Uh, thank you very much. So, and Eric, thanks for sharing a nice picture in your background and not quoting you at all. All right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Investment advisor representative of Portis Wealth Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Portis Wealth Advisors. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Portis Wealth Advisors does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interest may be offered only to persons who qualified as accredited investors under applicable state and federal regulation or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interest. 
Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in the market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.